Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 AM True Talk Radio, reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. I am in the studio with First Lady of Love, founder and creator of Love Talk, Miss Evelyn Davison. Good morning, Miss Davison. Good morning, Miss Vaughn. I always love to say that because I li- every other person that I visit with through the week is I call them Cindy. You know, I'll be talking, I'll say, Cindy, and, and they get this funny look on their face. <laughs> so it's wonderful to be here in the studio today. And uh, Well, be- you know, there was a time when married women were only called typically by their husband's name you Mm -hmm. and i don't we live in a very casual age you are evelyn and known as the love lady around town but we do that as just my way of showing you honor well i appreciate Uh, that and seniority you know when you get to be no uh, i wouldn't have always yeah I am always so thrilled to be here with you. This is an ex- by the high point of my week every week, Cindy, that you and I <laughs> get to bounce off of each other. Generational legacy that we've brought to the table and, and really uh, the gift of God's wonderful, uh, special gift of personality because we are so different. But one of the exciting things I think about our being able to do Love Talk, especially on the new radio station now, is that we're hearing from more and more people about how it is that where have you guys gals been all my life (laughs) and my answer is usually well within Austin we've been right down the street where have you been (laughs) yes and so we realize that we are in a new field a new love field as we're now planting uh, with 1490 and we're excited about the the things that are coming up, we're still in the process here at the station of making those um, refinements to the to the signal and uh, the other things to get the station as powerful it is, as it will be eventually. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. thinking probably in about four, four weeks or five weeks. Well, for those weeks. of you who are interested, as uh, we had mentioned earlier, you can catch us streaming live at klgo.net if you're having any issues with uh, strength or weakness of signal. Also would mention to you that each week we post our program on our website, which is lovetalknetwork.com. We post every week the audio portion edited a few days after each program and uh, one of our blogs, which is basically when we're talking through and dialoguing here, we uh, we come through and blog those major points. Evelyn, you know, we're in a series called The Perfect One. Now, we've been for, gosh, almost a year plus, we walked through uh, The Promise One, The Present One, and now we're talking about The Perfect One. And each one of those has been an, a really... Uh, um, intimate conversation about the person of Jesus Christ, trying to unpack this from a mystical or mysterious or even mythological viewpoint to the person of Jesus Christ, the deity of Jesus Christ, uh, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, the three in one, taking that and and really talking about that. And the perfect one, we, we've done a lot of talking uh, about what are those things that Christ accomplished and completed in the promised one and in the perfect one, really talking about Christ as as deity all all that he because he was the lamb of god and the perfect sacrifice accomplished for you and i that we cannot accomplish 
on our own and dovetailing that with the importance of a relationship. And now we've kind of morphed that a little bit into this conversation about spiritual legacy, talking about the promise, the provision, and the protection. Now we're doing this as a summertime series and coming into the fall because, of course, we're facing elections. The dialogue in this country is incredibly forceful right now. And sometimes it's violent. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. Sometimes our speech is violent. Sometimes our actions are violent. We see violence across the world. And yet what we know is that when our forefathers set up the uh, the founding documents of this nation, they put in place certain things called inalienable rights, those things which could not be purchased for us or out of our own success could not be, uh, we could not be elevated in. They came to every human being. And this was what was highly unique about this country. Well, with that comes a great responsibility. We're never going to be a perfect people. We're never going to be a perfect nation in this conversation. We've been talking about perfection. But we are a nation that's called because we're the people of God, because it is founded on the Judeo-Christian principle, where we're walking under certain principles that make things right between you and I and we, uh, and God. And we started talking about the dignity of human life. Then we talked about families. And now here we are. We're talking about the issue of common decency and common compassion. Sydney, when you look at uh, common decency, uh, we define that in the realm of um, what it is that God has called us to do and enabled us to do as we live out in the love field where he has planted us. We each one have a different field that God calls us to. That's what family is. Uh, Van and I were laughing just this week about how hard it is for us now to get our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren together. And so we made this little plan. We're going to be like the Blue Blood family. We're going to set one night a month uh certain night a month, like the first or the third Thursday of the month, and we're going to have all of our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren at our house for dinner because we not only want to spend time with them, but we want them to know who we are and how it is that through the years God has planted in our lives some very special things and given us opportunity to not just use them for our family, but to be able to uh, plant in the love field where we, we are living. And so when we look at a spiritual legacy, it is wrapped up in family. It it becomes part of what God said that we all should do. He told the Hebrew children, you take my word every day and don't leave the house without it. And how do we know he said that? Because he said, you write it on your doorpost and you write it on your heart. And as you go about your world, you live it out. So that's God's perfect plan for us. And it is to live, as we would call, a decent life, uh, one that we valuable that would leave values behind us and one that would be lived by values. But it's also, Cindy, 
is a life that is not wrapped up in correction of everyone else. <laughs> it's wrapped up in basically being available to God for him to use us in a way that we can take a stand in our nation for those things that are righteous. Because God's word said righteousness exalts a nation. The, what exalts a nation? It is right living. And that's what decency is. But come with it is compassion. We cannot be so rigid and so hostile in what we think that we are ineffective for God to use uh, in the area of ministering hope and help to others. And so one of the things that we are going to be talking about today and probably in another uh, program is how it is that our household, the way we live, can really bless a nation. Because the word also says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. So as we look at this, there there are a couple of things we want to nail down as we begin our program today. Number one is, is that there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that would cause us to fear tomorrow. And why is that, Cindy? It's because God is in charge of tomorrow. And because we know him, he knows us, and he empowers us to be his representative and to be his force and presence in a world that's seeking him, we can know by the written word and the living word that we don't have to fear for our children. Although this week, this past week, has been a horrible, horrible experience across our nation as we've had the Arroyo terrorist thing. Well, you know, I appreciate all that, you, that you've lined out there because, you know, it is easy when you are caught in the in in the times, mm-hmm. when we are caught in the pressure in time. Right. of uh, of of cultural mm. crisis, to believe that uh, we're at an end point, you know, we're at a fork in the road. Mm. I mean, if you were to go back and read the signposts and and the headlines in newspapers in the decades, there have been many times when we have. Uh, when people believed we're, we're at that fork in the road, you know, if something isn't done right now, then everything is going to come to an end. And that's how we, Evelyn, become a people not of hope, but a people of anxiety. And, of course, we have real crisis and chaos mm-hmm. around us. And terror. And Aurora is a perfect example of the lone gunman walking in basically with an arsenal of weaponry and, and gas and, and opening up um, within the, the, the movie and, of course, wounding uh, close to 70 and killing uh, 12. And then it is easy for people to get in that place where they are fearful for their lives and for their children's lives. How is it that then we, and this is what we're going to be talking about today, how is it that we instruct our soul in wisdom and in careful caution under the principles of God 
without becoming so anxious Mm -hmm. that then we move as a nation to the dialogue that was instantly moved to, which was, you know, how do we politicize this? How do we make this about guns? Who do we blame it on? Yeah, who who is it that's going to be the scapegoat here? And how are we going to change everything for everybody based on this versus the principles of a government that was written in a big box mindset? that said within this we're going to build into this individual responsibility why because within christianity when you develop a personal relationship with god there is nothing higher than that responsibility that we have in our relationship with god to be a righteous people evelyn we're going to come back and we're going to continue to talk about how it is that we pray and preserve the heart of America in these times. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning. I am Cindy Vonna. Love Talking in the Beautiful Blessed KLGO, the Word, 1490 AM, True Talk Radio. Reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. And in the studio with me, of course, is host, founder, creator of Love Talk, Evelyn Davison. And as we went out on our break, Evelyn, we're, we're setting the stage for this continuing dialogue that we're having with regard to the unalienable rights and coming back to the individual responsibilities as a as a people in a nation but moreover as an umbrella of our individual responsibility to god you know we talked about this last week one of the ways that we make peace with god you and i individually and us as a nation is we take to heart the principles of god and we live them in action as you love to say we're love on parade Mm -hmm. not that you and i need to be seen in the parade but that the spirit of God, his Christ likeness, his character and his spirit, his precepts need to be um, fully embraced within the people of God. You know, we're a country right now that's looking at, you know, what do we need to do? You know, what what person do we need to set in the White House uh-huh. in order to get this nation on target? You know, Elizabeth, if that's going to be, we find the person, we put him in the place, and everything will be perfect. perfect. Not true. And today we're going to be talking about something apart from the White House, mm-hmm. some of the other places that are incredibly important for us to get right. Well, Cindy, uh, one uh, billboard or headline this week was... Um, uh, Mr. Kathy, who owns uh, Chick-fil-A, and uh, he stood up uh, very strongly under the First uh, Amendment uh, and with the executives of his corporation that said that he would speak publicly about his corporation views, and that was he believes in marriage. He believes in the sanctity of marriage. And he has been crucified across this nation. Well, the Muppets have now banned their toys. They're not going to put their toys in Chick-fil-A because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Chick-fil-A is intolerant. It doesn't believe in diversity. So now, of course, you know, the thing that the ch- that children thought, you know, the things you think are so innocent, 
can become so easily oh yes yes and so of course especially when government gets involved in it and mm-hmm. most of this has come out of boston the the um, governor of boston has uh, or the mayor of boston has said that he will not allow any permit be, to be given to chick-fil-a to have a chick-fil-a restaurant in his city and so you know basically here you have a government official saying you know i will set the rules and then over here a corporate man who is responsible for the lives of many, many families in the working uh, business world, who says, this is, the, uh, this is the paradigm under which we will operate. We're going to stand for what God says in his word. And the one thing we know, Cindy, is that when we stand uh, tall as a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, we're going to have the enemy is going to make us a bullseye. But we're never as tall at any time in our life as we are when we get on our knees before God. And so as we go through some of these things today, uh, we have really, you and I both have really prayed about addressing it from the situation that we're going to address it from. Because we have got to get up off of our knees after we've prayed, get out of our houses and get on active duty. But our household has got to be really uh, positioned and uh, coordinated under the will and the way of God. And and that's hard to do when we don't know exactly what that is. Well, so that's, that's why the word is important. That's why prayer is important. Well, I appreciate the way that you've, you frame this because we were talking earlier about the war of words in this nation. And I will tell you, there is great pressure in this nation that if you stand for your own personal beliefs, uh, for instance, with regard to what you're talking about, this, this governmental position and or with whether it's the Muppets, to say that it, these days that Christians who, who stand up in, in the, these ways, are intolerant. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, uh, hate-filled. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, the last couple of programs, when we set this up, this this common decency, one of the things that we looked at was Matthew twenty two thirty nine, which says that we're to love our neighbor mm-hmm. as ourselves. You know, Christ goes on to say we're to love our enemies. Right. Those that persecute us or say all manner of evil against us, we are to love them and pray for them, Cindy. And my my question is, are we doing that in America today? Just this week, Mike Huckabee was on one of the major talk shows, and uh, they were giving him a fit and uh, asking him, you know, why uh, we were so strong in our belief that a marriage should be one man and one woman. And strong in our belief that you should not take life of the unborn child. And he's, he made a statement that I wrote down that I feel like we need to really address today. He said, we don't have, and because they accused him of, um, of being prejudicial and judgmental and intolerant. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah. Well, I mean, we already have many of the hate crime that have been that the legislation that has been passed uh having to do 
uh, with freedom of speech, having to do with demonstrations, having to do with regard to sexual orientation mm-hmm. or the abortion clinics. I mean, these are things, these are things we're on a threshold here. Right. Well, the thing is, is that someone is going to have to be blamed for some of the things that are happening in our society now in the area of terror. And the Arroyo thing is a good example for the media to get on and try to find a person who is responsible for these victims. And, of course, Mike is a very solid, uh, logical, godly communicator. He has his own TV show, a former governor of Arkansas. And, and so they use this one word, evil. What is causing all of this evil? You know, that one person would take out the media is raising this question. And this is what Mike Huckabee said. He said, we don't have an evil problem in America. Now, that is debation. You know, we debate that. But But you have to hear it with, let him line out where he's really going. People will really struggle with the next half of this statement. He said, we don't have an evil problem in America. We have a sin problem. And And people everywhere have it. We don't have an evil problem. We've got a sin problem. And we all have it. We're filled with it. And so what's the answer? He said the answer is God's grace and mercy as we live it out in righteous living, in decency. When you look at that, Cindy, and you think about it, uh, you have to think about what is the difference between evil and sin. Uh, There is a difference. Evil is a system that abhors God. That is the thing that brought Satan to to Eve to trick her, to deceive her, uh, and to detour her and deter her from what it was that was going to be the blessing of their life. And and I think what you're saying is incredibly important because when the age, angel of light, Lucifer himself, and Satan fell. From heaven, it was because he wanted to be in competition with God. He wanted to be God, and so it then it is a it is a system. It is a kingdom of its own that is attempting to be set up in opposition. So the first and primary enemy is there is an enemy, yes. and it is the enemy of God, and it is a system. Now go ahead because okay, the next part is very good. Yeah, evil is the system, and. Um, you have to stop and evaluate what feeds evil. And Myers said, I, I looked this quote up. Myers said, sin is a personal condition that feeds evil. So that means, I love that in contrast to evil being a system that ab- abhors God. Mm-hmm. Sin being a personal condition that feeds evil. And Ellen, this is the basis upon which we're having this conversation. Right. If in a nation... You're asking, what is it going to take to turn a nation back to God? It isn't that we go in and we create more and more systems, more and more law. It is this, that we address this issue that you have so beautifully brought up, which is the personal condition, the personal responsibility that we have to feed uh, good and not evil. Good. That's the thing is we have to develop goodness, Cindy. That's why compassion is a partner with common decency or with the love life, as we call it. Uh, 
There was an author, Lloyd C. Douglas, uh, when he was a university student. He lived in a boarding house, and uh, downstairs on the first floor was a retired music teacher who lived in a small apartment there. And every morning, uh, Douglas claimed that they went through the same ritual. He would come down the stairs, open the old man's door, and ask, Well, what's news? Now, he'd ask what was new. He said, What's news? And the old man would pick up his tuning fork, tap it on the side of his wheelchair, and say, That's Middle C. It was Middle C yesterday. It will be Middle C tomorrow. And it will be Middle C a thousand years from now. The tenor upstairs rings flat. The piano across the hall is out of tune. But my friend, this is Middle C. You know, Cindy, that old man had discovered something in his life. Uh, What do you think that illustration is telling us today? Well, you have to believe that there are some things that are constant. Absolute, not everything is relative to culture. And what would you say that is for you and I? Well, I think he discovered the one thing in his life upon which he could always depend. His his career was on music. And middle C, if you play piano or anything you're attending for, middle C is the middle ground. And it never, ever changes in the tone world. And it's, that's what Christianity is in our world. Uh, it's a constant. It's an absolute of life. And there's no shadow of turning or changing. And that's a picture of Jesus Christ, Cindy. The Bible says because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what he had already promised, he confirmed it with an oath. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. That comes from Hebrews. And God sent Jesus to die, Cindy, that he might keep all the promises that God already had made. That's why Jesus came. So when we look at our life today, uh, we can be assured that God is in position to help America. He is in position to help us. He will never change. The scriptures say that. God never changes. He is ever-present when trouble comes. Uh, He is all-powerful to do exactly what he has promised. And he is all-knowing. And we should never worry because he is in control. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yet, you know what, Cindy? His name is yesterday and today and forever. He is perfect, and he has a perfect plan. We just don't know what that plan is. We know Mm. what's his name, but we don't know what it is for our life. Well, we're going to come back, and we're going to answer some of those questions, directions for common decency and common compassion. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking at the beautiful blessed KLGO, the word 1490 AM, True Talk Radio. Reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net and that you can also catch up with Evelyn and I at our website, which is lovetalknetwork.com. Evelyn, we went out on break. You did a fabulous job of of beginning to uh, unpack this this critical dialogue that we're having in a nation, what what does it have to do with each one of us? Right. You know, if if we're if we have a tendency now as a people to think globally, mm-hmm. then we have a tendency to think it's too big 
for any one of us to tackle on our own. But if you are holding fast to the understanding of what Christianity is, which is that each one of us have a personal responsibility before God, and in light of the conversation about spiritual legacy, it's really this. It isn't what you're depositing in the bank. It isn't what you got in your 401k. It's what good are you depositing in the hearts of others? Where have you touched the land and provided something good that's going to continue on that in, that um, demonstrates these kinds of things that we're talking about? That's where we're headed here. And, you know, in this country, Evelyn, the great debate has been around this issue of empowerment and entitlement. Of course, mm-hmm. everyone wanting to be empowered. But, boy, do we walk in a fine line as a nation between, okay, I'll tell you how you're going to empower me. You're going to entitle me. Yes. And these are not the principles upon which those who came to establish their land, who their very daily survival didn't, uh, didn't rely on entitlement, I can tell you that. And oftentimes even empowerment, if it, if you weren't out scratching out of the land, what you could get out of the land, you, you know, you were, you were in want, but it was the decency upon which community was built and how tr- people right. treated one another. It didn't depend on their good. I mean, there were frequently in our neighborhood, there were those who, who were in crisis and sometimes the crisis was their own making, whether it was a crisis of alcoholism. That didn't mean that you didn't deliver a, fa- a meal to a family. Mm-hmm. That didn't mean that you didn't, you weren't kind to the children. Those are the kinds of things we're talking about. And in America right now, you know, we're in a place of disillusionment and bitterness, you know, discouraged oftentimes by even what is right. The thing with Mm -hmm. Chick-fil-A, deceived by promises that have been broken by a government that just is not able to deliver the kinds of things that really we should be taking care of ourselves Choices that are honoring one another devalued this thing of life and humanity of life and detoured by expectations and, and, uh, and what we were talking about entitlements, depressed by failure, destroyed by debt, uh, whether it's a nation or right. individuals, your future robbed because you've, you've engaged in debt and then wonder why are there are any consequences because culture would say well gee you are entitled you shouldn't be in consequences lack of hope diluted by media you know told that Mm -hmm. here's what's precious and it's and with images of men and women and men and men together that have nothing to do with what is precious deprived by greed a country right now that says that oh yeah if you're rich and you're greedy then you're on the right road but that's really the ultimate deprivation and also defeated by sin but evelyn you've written some things here that i really want you to get into the meat and the heart of how we return to personal responsibility and overcome these problems of disillusionment well cindy um it, we are in need today, uh, worldwide. We, you know, if it depends on who you're listening to or who you're reading, uh, they're painting America and other nations as living on the brink of terror and collapse. And, and that's not just, uh, you know, financially. We, we put a lot of, uh, emphasis on finances in this nation. You've described that very well. Uh, 
but it's on every uh, structure mm-hmm. that we hold precious. Mm-hmm. And so, if if we can, we know this, we've de- we have really defined the problem. Uh, well, we're good at that. Yes, <laughs> right. And, but we're good too at hearing from God and listening to the instructions that come through His Word and through the power of the Spirit. But we know this, Cindy. If we keep on doing what we're doing right now, uh, then we are going to lose many of the religious freedoms that we have and we've experienced, and they're not going to be part of our children's uh, uh, heritage. So uh, we've got to change course, and we really need to do that quickly. And it does not come, Cindy, from putting a new person in the White House necessarily. It can come that way. Uh the need in this nation that I feel so strongly is we need a leader that is led by God. We don't need a pusher, and that's what we have in government right now. We need a leader. We need somebody that, that would stand forth and, and say what Mike Huckabee said this week. Uh, th- that's our need. But we have a greater a need as great as that need, and that is, is what are we going to do in our own household? Is it too late for us to make a difference? Uh, America can change its course, and we can do that quickly. Well, let's set this up because we have a mindset in a nation that says the White House is going to govern the nation and govern the direction for you and I. And what you and I are turning that upside down and said, hey, let's start with our house. Let's start with our house. Well, the first thing that we've got to do, because I don't think it's too late for us, Cindy. Uh, oh, I and, know it's not. And, and I think these are just some suggestions that we need to put on the, put on the billboard, uh, on the blog, and these will be on the blog, to help us come to a better understanding of what we can do. And, because a re- and we are in a period of rescue in America. This is a rescue operation. Where's it got to start? It starts with my house, Cindy, your house. As a family goes, what does the saying say? So goes a nation. Uh, we need to make the family uh, anything less than a man and a woman. Uh, we can't erase the life of unborn children. Uh, we have we, we have really got to stop the destruction of what we call life is in America. Life in our families. And I, and I think you're right. And is this, I think the way that you're talking about it is it's not just that we are pouring in to our own selfish needs in our family. It's what we had talked about earlier. When we talked about families, we talked about parenting, the honor of parenting, cherishing children, but not spoiling children. We talked about infusing in them principles where they have an understanding of their own responsibility to God and their responsibility to a nation. So what is the answer for that? You know, we we see that we have a responsibility. What is the answer for every house in America. Well, we know it to be, uh, as we know it and understand it in God's plan, is for all Jesus followers uh, to just stand up 
and recognize that we have problems and seek him for some of the answers and some specific answers, uh, especially Cindy. And I think the answer for uh, the rescue operation uh, right now is hope. Um, We have to ask ourselves, have we lost our hope in America? Have we lost our hope in our children or our our parents? Uh, Jeremiah 33 gives us a very solid answer to that question. And it says, call me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you have not seen or heard. That tells me this, Cindy. We recognize that we have got to start this rescue operation. But what are we going to start it with? We start with hope because Jesus Christ says that the hope of glory has come and the hope of glory will return. And so that's the answer to that first one. What will I do in my family? It is for us to stop the doom, doom, bloom, gloom talk and begin to talk about the good things that God has in store for us as a family and as a nation. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about a frightening future or hope. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning. I am Cindy Vonna. Love Talking in the Beautiful Blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 AM True Talk Radio, reminding you that we are streaming live at klgo.net, and you can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. Evelyn, we went out on break, and we're, we're running down this uh, list of praying and preserving the heart of America and taking the focus off of the White House, which is, you know, it's just, this is really our legacy. You know, it's oh, it never is, been if looking we at someone else. Amen. Dear. Yeah. Someone else and saying, hey, you fix my problem. I mean, it has been us banding together in communities, not standing so much alone in isolation, but banding together and serving one another and not looking for a government to come in mm-hmm. and, and, and where we live life by a mandate mm-hmm. or we live life by legalism. We may be a, a nation of laws, but laws will not suffice as you and I laid the groundwork under love for you and I to be compelled to live a common and decent life with others, we have to understand and engage in what love is. And so you had talked about the family house. Well, the family house uh, is that may, America's made up of families. And if it's going to get right, we've got to start where we are to move out of just our home into our neighborhood or whatever. Uh, and and hope is is the banner over us. Uh, it reminds me of a story you were talking about uh, during a flood, and I don't remember when that was, but uh, the people that were on their roof waiting for someone to help them. What happened, Cindy? Well, of course, you know the guy ends up in heaven, and he's you know he's perplexed, you know, because he's a believer in God, and he had prayed and asked God for help. He said, well, God, how come you didn't send me a rescue? What happened to Operation Rescue? And God said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I sent a rowboat. I sent a helicopter. I sent all, and you kept saying, I'm waiting for God to answer my prayer, but I had sent him to you, and you couldn't not recognize 
the answer to your prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a nation, and you and I are involved in the prayer community in a in a heavy-duty way. But are we willing to recognize answered prayer? Do we know the rescue that God has mm-hmm. sent to us? And this is why we have gone through this series of spiritual legacy. We've gone through this series of individual responsibility to God and through relationship, common decency. We've got common combat, compassion, loving your neighbor. And I thought today what you talked about so well is a nation that wants to dialogue about whether one man who's governing the country is leading it down an evil road, what the, yet the people of God don't want to deal with sin. We don't want to deal with sin in our own houses. What about the church house? Mm-hmm. There's another house. We want to point the finger at the White House. But what about the church house? How many churches in America are willing to stand up and talk about sin? If we have the same divorce rate, we have a comparable rate of abortion, we have a comparable rate of adultery, we have a, we have a problem with pornography in the church, then what is it that needs to come alongside in the church in America for it to, to be what it was intended to be, which is a lighthouse? I mean, I agree it should be a rescue point Mm -hmm. for those in need. Oh, my, yes, because that's who Jesus Christ is. But for the people of God who say their lives are cleaned up, ready to go, and that we can make an impact on a country, really? We've got to deal with this issue of sin in the hearts of the people of God that want to tell everyone else who do do not even know God, don't honor God, don't believe in God, how they should be living, when we, the people of God in the church, don't reflect the image of God. Cindy, um, that's a hard one for us to swallow. Uh, You know, it is because we think that is the uh, place where we can hide out. Uh, and put all the blame on God. God's not doing his part. Here we are in church on Sunday, and God's not doing anything. But we go back to that statement we made early on. Um, Evil is everywhere, and so is sin. And if we're going to be a nation and have a be a people that represent the goodness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the love of God, then we've got to be examples of that in our own lives. And so the this is not for us to bring criticism on our churches. There are some oh, wonderful no. pastors that we could just a name church? one after one. But the church, the church is the is people. people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's the people that are there. Those that are just warming the pews are just there to uh, have a place to go. There are all kind of reasons that people uh, can make a church weak. Well, Evelyn, and I don't want people to think that I have an axe to grind against the church or even the people of God. I'm keenly aware that if there is a clean well, a clean a water tank. well to be to be drilled in some faraway place, it is in all likelihood going to be a Christian from this nation. If there are homeless people being fed in this nation right now, it isn't out of the government. Right. It's out of ministries like Fishes and Loaves. 
if there are minis- if there's trafficking in human sex do do and women being sold, do I think that ICE and all of that's going to provide the answer, or do I know that there are Christians going into brothels rescuing girls in this nation and all over the world? So I don't want you to to think I'm discouraged, and yet still the work is enormous. Well, the thing is, Cindy, when the church is weak. And we're not talking about just necessarily a pastor because churches today are guided by RS and we are, are restricted in the political arena. You cannot absolutely, uh, stand in a pulpit and, uh, demand that a people vote for a certain person. But when a church is weak, then, uh, it becomes powerless in a nation and it beca- a nation becomes weak and powerless. And so there, there are some things, and we want to close with a really hope thing today, that the church, as the body of Jesus Christ, is an answer for sin in our world today. If the message of love and mercy and grace is going to be distributed, it comes from programs like yours and, and like ours here at KLGO, or it comes from a local pastor or a messenger and leader that comes out of that into a neighborhood or a family situation, goes out and disciples others. So that is one of the answers. We have to be prayerful people, but Cindy, the thing that we're not seeing enough of is that we are not active duty Christians. And active duty Christians come with a strong heart of love and compassion that we've talked about today. And so if we wrap all this up, Cindy, we have to go back to middle C. (laughs) Okay. Okay. What was middle C? It's that it's that position on the tuning fork where all the harmony of music comes together. That's the center point. What is the center point in your life and my life that we are offering to those who are listening to us today? Well, it's, it's Christ. And it isn't just the head knowledge of Christ. As a matter of fact, I think to some large degree, this is what you and I are talking about, breaking down, breaking down the barriers to our hearts. Because we can know the right thing all day and all night, but living with a heart of compassion for one another, loving God. You know, the first thing we talked about was... um loving God in this. It's not just enough to love your neighbor, but we have to love God. And so, Evelyn, that comes with a simple statement of faith that's done in private. This is the great news of of a relationship with the creator God of the universe. It starts by saying to him, I think you're God. Mm -hmm. It's really that simple. I acknowledge that you're God. I acknowledge that I'm not the God of my own life we come and we surrender our own godness in other words thinking we're going to rule and reign over everyone and everything in our own lives and we come and we say we believe in the principles that you have set forth that jesus christ was the son of god and that he is uh the the perfect lamb of god that he was able to come and ransom himself purchase me from the cl- this system of evil uh-huh. and not only that then wash away the sins my personal sins doing both harm to the system of evil and cleansing me so that what so that 
my sins are forgiven and forgotten, and I can approach and have a personal relationship with God. Evelyn, who else offers something like this to people that are so frail and so weak and so full of fault? Well, Cindy, we offer it today, and we do that because of what Jesus Christ has uh, written on our hearts. Uh, We would like to offer you a copy of uh, the plan of God for your life. If you want to write us, uh, you can do that uh, on the website, and Cindy will give you that address shortly. Or you can call us on the Love Line, and that Love Line is 249-6535. We will be happy to provide you with a copy of a little book uh, that we call The Plan of God. This has been Love Talk on the Word.